the show. This is Chris to Chris Comedy Advice to Fix Your Life. I'm your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by my producer, audio engineer, best friend in the whole wide world, Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike is in the building. Say hi, Michael. Hey, what's up? Hey, Mike. Uh, you guys might know me from YouTube. I'm on the YouTube, Chris vs. the World Comedy Channel, Laser Lemon Gaming Channel, Uploaded.com. Brings them all together. One great big happy family. I'm trying not to be too redundant. If you've heard this show before, you've heard the speech before. But it's important for all of the new listeners. You know, we're trying to get 8 billion people listening to this show, so I gotta I gotta keep them abreast. You know what I'm saying? Guys, you can subscribe to this show. We are on Apple Podcasts. iTunes is no longer a thing I hear. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. We're everywhere. Everywhere podcasts are sold for free. Tell your friends. Guys, we've got a great show for y'all today. Today we're talking about Area 51, you might have heard about it, Driving Freedom, Facing Your Fears, Ubisoft Shenanigans, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat Movies, and a whole lot more. It's going to be a fun show. I promise you. Let's get into it. Mike. Hey, Mike. Did you have a good Prime Day with your family? No? Well, Prime Days? You know, Amazon made it a two-day holiday this year. I think, ultimately, the goal of Prime Day is to become a Prime Week. Something like uh, Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. Something that you celebrate, like, ten days straight. You can light the Prime Day candles and wear your different Prime Day dashikis. It'll be a beautiful, sacrilegious holiday. Anyway, let's get into the meat and potato of this whole thing. Mike, I got a bone to pick with America. Well, really, I have a bone to pick with the whole world because I think the whole world's kind of in agreement on this, and I have a problem with it. So on Sunday, I was uh, collecting coins at the local fountain, not too far from where I live, uh, a couple blocks down. There's a fountain. People like to throw quarters in there and make wishes, and I like to wish for free money. And my wishes come true every Sunday. Anyway... I'm out there uh, picking up quarters, and I'm ankle deep in fountain water. When this guy throws a quarter directly at my ear. Ow! You know? Ow! Have you ever had a quarter thrown at your ear, Mike? It hurts. It hurts. So immediately, I start sloshing my way towards this guy angrily, just sloshing with my fists up in the air, yelling at him, you know? Because I don't take kindly to people throwing quarters at my ear. And just as I'm about to punch this guy right in the side of the head, you know, right in the ear, he holds up a cane. Mike, this guy had a white cane, red stripe at the end, and sunglasses on. It wasn't even a bright day. I almost knocked out a blind guy. That was pretty embarrassing. Uh, he, he told me that he didn't know I was looting the fountain, you know? He's blind. I guess I should have announced, Don't throw any quarters my way. I'm looting. Anyway, uh, me and the blind guy get to talking. You know, he, he told me that he worked in a factory, and he has a wife and two kids, and he said his name was Rick. I seemed to meet a lot of Ricks. I shook his hand, you know, shook his hand, and I gave him a quarter that I just found. It had just hit my ear, as a matter of fact. But then, something happened. Rick tells me that he needs to head home for dinner with his family. So he needs to get an Uber. He asked me for some help. And I asked him, well, Rick... What's going on? Is your car in the shop or something? Mike, get this. Rick tells me that he doesn't own a car because it is illegal for him to drive. Wow. Right? 
I asked him why. Why is it illegal for you to drive? Did you get a DUI or something? And he tells me it is illegal for him to drive because he can't see. <clears throat> now I've seen everything. So obviously I can't stand for that. We can't stand for that as a, a people. So that's why this week, uh, Chris to Chris is making it our goal to figure out how to get blind people the right to drive. But before we do that, we're going to move on to our tip of the week. So it was my birthday last week. I think I mentioned it. So my wife and I, we decided to drive to a city called Rialto. And if you don't know Rialto in California, it's one of the most beautiful cities we have in Southern California. And it's an excellent place to join a gang. Especially if you haven't joined a gang before and you're looking for your starter gang, Rialto's the place to go. So we went to Rialto because we wanted to see a movie, but we wanted to see a movie at a theater that had seats that move. And in about 20 years' time, this episode of the podcast is going to sound very dated because all theaters will have seats that move, I assume. Or theaters just won't exist. Either way, it's dated. So Rialto has uh, seats that move. Uh, they have D-Box theaters. And there's, there's different kinds of theaters that have moving seats. You, you might have been to an amusement park where you, you're on a short little ride, maybe Universal Studios. You're watching The Simpsons or something, and the seat is moving, and it's fun. Now, imagine that, but you're watching a feature-length movie. So you're paying a little bit more for tickets, and they have different, like I said, there's different companies that do it. So there's uh, D-Box, and there's 40X. We went to a 40X theater uh, last year in L.A., but L.A.'s about an hour and change drive away and god-awful traffic. And, you know, if it's between me joining a gang or driving in L.A. traffic, I will join a gang every time. Okay? So we went to Rialto to, to go to the D-Box Theater. And they only had two movies playing in D-Box. They had Spider-Man Far From Home and Crawl. And we already saw Spider-Man and Dolby last weekend. So we decided to see Crawl. And if you don't know what Crawl is, congratulations. Because nobody else does either, apparently. At least uh, none of my coworkers. Man, there was like one guy. But almost none of my coworkers knew what I was talking about when they asked me uh, what I did last week. And I said, hey, I went, to see, I went to see Crawl. They all looked at me like I was from outer space. Crawl is the alligator movie. You might have seen a poster, a trailer about. It's an alligator movie. It's about a young woman and her dad getting trapped in their old home. And the, there's alligators in there. And the alligators are hungry. And they're trapped, get this, they're trapped in the house with alligators, and there's a flood going on at the same time. So they're about to drown, and there's alligators that want to eat them. Talk about a bad day. Anyway, it's a real thinking man's movie, you know? Or a real thinking woman's movie. It's a real thinking person's movie. It's very high concept stuff. It's a modern day Shakespeare crawl. It's 88 minutes long. And it's about alligators trying to eat people. You know what you're getting when you go to see Crow, okay? So when we told our friends that we'd be seeing a movie about people trapped with alligators and the seats move, none of them liked the idea. We thought people would be kind of like, oh, that sounds fun. They all said something along the lines of, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. That sounds like a nightmare. But happy birthday. Anyway, we saw the movie and it was a pretty good time. We had fun. The seats moved a lot, you know, anytime there was an alligator on screen, or if you were viewing the, the, the shot from the alligator's eyes, which you often did, the seats were moving, like you were in the water. Lots of fun. But they didn't move at all when it was just two people talking on screen. 
Actually, come to think of it, I don't think you ever see more than two people talking to each other at the same time in this movie. <laughs> I don't think ever. Again, again, this is a really deep movie. It's like, it's, it's like Memento or Fight Club or Citizen Kane and Crawl. Just add Crawl to that list. Long story longer. We like the movie. We also like the moving seats. And if we had listened to our friends, we would have never gotten to experience Alligator Shakespeare because they were too scared to watch some lizards made of polygons and texture, CGI lizards. So this week's tip of the week is to face your phobias. You know, I don't have a fear of gators. It's never been something I've been worried about. I don't live in Florida either. I don't, I don't fear gators. But to be fair, for, for several years, I did not trust the alligator sitting outside of the Rainforest Cafe. You know, I'd throw quarters in his mouth, make a wish. In my case, my fear wasn't alligators. My fear was spending $40 on tickets for a bad movie just because the seats moved. But I conquered that fear. And now, I will always remember watching that alligator movie that one time. By the way, quick side note. I did have, like I said, I did have one coworker that was aware of the movie. And he said he had a friend who loves horror movies. She sees all like the slasher and uh, gory horror movies. But this movie caused her to vomit in the aisles for some reason. I have no idea why. I mean, there are, there are some gruesome scenes, but I never felt physically ill. I have no idea why, but I, I just thought that that might be some useful information for somebody listening. You know, if, if you go to see Crawl because of my suggestion and you start to vomit, don't say I didn't warn you sometime in the tip of the week. Let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. Ubisoft has banned XP farming missions in Assassin's Creed Odyssey's new creator mode. I think we talked about Assassin's Creed Odyssey around the time this show first started late last year. And if your name is Mike and you're not in the loop, here's what happened. Okay? The developer of the game, Ubisoft, they released a story creator mode for the game for free. And this mode allows players to create their own missions and stories in the game, and you can share them online and let other people play and tell you what they think of it. Kind of like Mario Maker, but with Assassin's Creed, and less powerful, less, uh, less options, I, sh I should say. But uh, Ubisoft wasn't too happy that some people were making missions and using them to farm cheap XP, easy XP. And if you don't know... XP stands for experience points, and that's how you progress through the game. So you, you gain XP by accomplishing missions, beating missions, and it allows you to uh, move forward in the game and progress. So Ubisoft said, okay, uh, you need to have this much experience points to uh, move on to this mission or to gain this armor or this weapon, right? And Ubisoft purposefully designed this game. To be a slow slog, pain in the ass to get through in hopes that you will spend money on an XP booster to fix the problem that they purposefully programmed in the game to get you to spend money for an XP booster. I feel like that was a very redundant sentence. But uh, they weren't too happy that people were getting a lot of XP for practically free, you know? They, they weren't 
earning the pain, if you will. And this, uh, these uh, XP farming, you can't see me doing air quotes, but these XP farming missions uh, had to be hurting their XP booster sales, right? Even though this game came out like last year, I'm sure there's so many people buying your XP boosters still, Ubisoft. Anyway, and that's why they announced that they're banning these missions from the game. Well, actually, they said it was because other missions deserve to be seen, and these were crowding up the, the, the space. And that's fine. You know, that, that's okay. But the real reason has nothing to do with that. It's because they want you to buy their XP boosters, and they have, they have, uh, they have investors to answer to. So they can't go to an investor meeting and say, hey, look, uh, our XP booster sales just dived off a cliff because we came out with this creator mode and uh, people started getting wise, you know? So they said that they're going to hide these missions from search results and quote-unquote sanction people who misuse the story creator, which sounds like they're pretty much just going to ban people that makes any kind of XP farming mission. You know, I think it's fine and fair to, to promote missions that were created the way Ubisoft intended, you know? They didn't create this just to say, hey, go use our, our story creator tool and sidestep our bullshit that we put in the game. They didn't do it for that reason, to be fair. But I don't think it's cool to ban people for using a tool that you created. They found a way around it. And, you know, they wouldn't even need to do this thing as much if Ubisoft hadn't made it such a pain in the ass in the first place to get a fair amount of experience points. You know, I don't think Assassin's Creed games used to do this experience points nonsense in the first place. They just, these companies keep figuring out more and more ways to screw you. I feel like I'm making a lot of sense in my own head, but it might not be coming out clearly with my tongue and my mouth. Mike, are you following me here? Not at all. Not at all. Let's move on. Okay, let's move on. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've been looking into this whole uh, driving while blind thing. It turns out that the reason blind people are not allowed to drive is because they can't see where they're going. That's what it says at the DMV. But I've seen enough episodes of Daredevil on Netflix to know that that just isn't true. Have you seen Daredevil, Mike? Uh, Matt, Matt Murdock is able to see the world in his own way. He can feel vibrations in the air. He can hear the slightest tick. He can smell the perfume before she opens the door. And I assume that's what all blind people can do. So I went to the DMV's website to see if there was any kind of form I could fill out to, to change the rules, you know? And I couldn't find any forms to fill out that would change the laws around the country, but... I did find the rules about driving with bad vision. And it's a bunch of BS. And you know what BS stands for? Bad vision. So on the California DMV website, they say, The good news is that impaired vision will not usually prevent you from obtaining a driver license if you can show that you are able to drive safely. But right after that, you know, that sounds fair, right? You can pull your Matt Murdock. Because you could drive, you know, you're driving, you can sense the objects coming towards you, you could sense the cars coming towards you. But right after that, 
they say that you still need to pass a vision test. And if you've ever been to the DMV, you know what that vision test is. The system is rigged against blind people. The vision test is when they, they put up that chart and it's got the letters. It's got the big letter A at the top and it's got smaller letters after that and even smaller after that and smaller and smaller and smaller and so forth, right? You know, Daredevil can see moving objects, but I don't think he can tell what letter was printed on a vision board because those letters don't make any sounds. Uh, the letter C or the letter G doesn't have any specific smell to it. Letters don't make sounds. So blind people are screwed in this regard. I'm going to have to do more research on this because it's still not fair. In the meantime, let's move on to the news. <laughs> I think we pretty much have to address the elephant in the room this week, which is, of course, Area 51. I alluded to it earlier when I specifically and bluntly said Area 51 in the beginning of the show. Uh, by this point, you probably heard about the Facebook event, which is called Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. And if you haven't been keeping up, and I don't know how you haven't heard about this yet, but if you haven't been keeping up, this is supposed to happen on September 20th, I believe, at 3 a.m. And so far, over a million people have said that they're going to be going. They're going to go, over a million people are claiming to say that they are going to storm Area 51 at 3 in the morning. And you guys probably know a little bit about Area 51. It was a, a secret military base for decades. And by secret, I mean the government denied its existence. And they finally acknowledged about six years ago that it does exist. They didn't say, oh yeah, that's where we keep all the aliens, but they did say, oh yeah, Area 51 exists. So it's been rumored that Area 51 is the home to alien spacecraft and actual aliens and all kinds of, anywhere, any kind of U.S. government conspiracy often leads back to Area 51. There's some kind of six degrees of separation for conspiracies. They all go back. They all point back to Area 51. There's an alien eating breadcrumbs at Area 51. You, you catch my drift? So the group on Facebook, they, they have a very detailed plan on their page, their Facebook page. They said, we will meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. Amazing. So, obviously, this is a foolproof plan, right? You know, get a million people to all meet up at a tiny store in the middle of nowhere, that poor store, and then come up with a plan of attack to get into a heavily guarded military base. You know, I'm pretty sure this is going to go very smoothly. You know, and to their credit, they they figured out the whole bullet problem right they figured out the bullet problem because it is a military base and that means that the people that work there the military have weapons guns and they can shoot at you so they're going to naruto run and mike i didn't know what a naruto run was before this I, I never watched Naruto. It's an anime show. I have heard of it. I've seen the kids with the, with the what do they call it? The belt buckle on their head. So I, 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 I'm aware of Naruto. But 
apparently what a Naruto run is, it's when you run and you, you tilt your head forward and you have your arms pointing backwards like the, like the older brother in the Goldbergs. And that apparently lets you run so fast that you can dodge bullets. Yeah. So they have that problem ironed out. You know, if you run like a Weebo, you'll be fine. This whole thing uh, got so big that the military, you know, over a million people, so they're going. So the military had to actually respond. They, they, they never had a problem like this before. Uh, Laura McAndrews, she's a spokeswoman, I guess, for the U.S. Air Force. She, she pretty much gave a warning. She threw the gauntlet down. She gave a warning to anybody planning to raid Area 51 in September. She said, Area 51 is an open training range for the U.S. Air Force, and we would discourage anyone from trying to come into the area where we train American armed force. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. I like how they say that, you know, they're saying we're protecting America. And she's pretty much, in so many words, calling everybody who said they're going a terrorist. Now, to be fair, I did mark myself as interested, possibly going. Probably not going, though. Uh, I, can you imagine? That's got to be the only time. What, September 20th is a Friday, and traffic to Vegas on Fridays is typically bad, but not typically on your way there. I'm from Southern California. It takes about three hours from where I'm at to get to Vegas Driving from midnight to Vegas on a Thursday night is probably not that bad, generally speaking. I fully expect it to be a nightmare on September 19th. So uh, I think we should definitely follow up on this story as it develops. Uh, you know, maybe we could finally get our chance to, to punch an alien like uh, Will Smith did in Independence Day 1. I never saw the sequel. Uh, I actually did the math on this. I think I did my math right because it's not complex math we're talking about double digits at the highest it kind of lines up perfectly with the show it's amazing uh episode 51 is on september 20th i believe i believe i could be wrong but i think that's right so we might definitely uh, do some sort of uh, recap on the day this actually happens you know we'll, i guess we'll be kind of a a day late and a dollar short but Hell if we're not going to capitalize on it. Anyway, as I was uh, ranting about Area 51, I have to lament to my buddy Mike here. Mike, huh? Mike, I've got some bad news. So it turns out that most people really don't want blind people driving. Hell, I'm not even sure that my friend Rick even wants to drive. I texted him about it while I was ranting about Area 51, and he didn't sound like a big fan of the idea at all. He sounds like he's worried that he might kill someone. But to be fair, I, I gotta tell you, he doesn't seem like a killer to me. He seems like a really nice guy. So I don't think he I don't think Rick would harm a fly, whether or not he's on the road. So we gotta prove him wrong. We gotta prove Rick wrong and every other blind person that is too scared to drive. Everybody who is too scared to drive with the blind. We have to prove them wrong. So Mike, I want you to have the honor of being the first person to sign our petition to give blind people driver's licenses. Mike, as part of your internship, you will need to go door to door around the cities so that we can gain support for this cause. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. You bigot. You bigot. Well, 
If anyone else believes in equality like I do, please sign our petition. Hashtag justice for Rick. Justice for Rick. Guys, let's move on to a little thing we like to call listener questions. We have some excellent questions this week, starting with Ken. And we must start with Ken because he said, how come I asked the first question? Ken, it's because you have the reflexes of a cat that uses Facebook a lot. Congratulations on that. Devin asks, what do you think of comic books? I like comic books. I like comic books. I'm not a collector by any means. I, I, I don't think you could call me a collector. I've, I've had my fair share of them throughout the years. Uh, my favorite comics are made by Batman himself, but I don't have enough of them. I don't have enough of them. I like them. I enjoy them. I've always wanted to have more, but I don't have enough of them. Every, every now and then, I'll, I'll grab a comic book. But I couldn't say I'm a collector, much like I am with uh, video games or movies. Or, hell, DVDs of shows. Remember when that was a thing? I sure do. My, my collections sure do. I don't have enough comic books, but when I lived in Vegas, I used to work uh, the Grave Shift, which was like midnight to 8 a.m., sometimes 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. That sucked. And then when I gained a little bit more seniority, I moved my way up the ladder. And I, I moved to swing shifts. At first, I was working until 3 a.m. And after that, until 1 a.m. Around those times. Let's say around the time I was getting off at 1 a.m. I would go to Walmart a lot. Walmart, I had a Walmart pretty close by to my apartment that was open 24 hours. And Walmart at 1.30 in the morning is a, a sad place to be. And so I was there every couple of days getting my, my groceries for the, for the next uh, few days. And you got to know the cashiers a little bit, the regulars that were working that awful shift at Walmart. So as bad as my life was, you know, I was getting off at 1 a.m. or whatever in hot-ass Vegas at my job. I was going to visit the people that were still on their shift in Walmart. One of them even said to me one time, I was like, well, at least you don't work at Walmart. So Walmart, you got a, you got a PR problem there. Anyway. I'm, I'm uh, standing in line with the other sad folks that work terrible hours at Vegas. And I get to the front, the cashier. Actually, before I got to the front of the cashier, there, there's, there's one guy in front, or one uh, girl in front of me. And she's talking to the cashier. He's a guy. And he's saying, so did you like the, the comic I, I gave you last time you were here? And she looks so uncomfortable. She said, yeah, it was just, uh, it was just really graphic. And he said, yeah, and he, he said something along the lines of, like, I just uh, thought it'd be interesting to explore what it would be like if there, if there was a god or something. And he, he, he didn't sound like he, he really believed in his work, and it sounded like it was because he was talking to a girl. Anyway, she gets the hell out of there. She regrets coming to Walmart that day or talking to that cashier. He was probably the only guy there. You know, it's freaking one thirty in the morning at Walmart. Not a lot of cashiers working at that time. So I'm up, I'm up to bat to talk to this guy. And, you know, we do what we do our thing. I buy my stuff and he says, hey, you like comics? <sighs> yeah, sure. Like, you know, like you like Batman, you like Superman. Yeah, sure, sure. I like comics. And he says, check this out. And he, he, he throws it in my bag, the comic he made. And, you know, props to anybody that goes out of their way to make a comic. I want to make a comic someday. But uh, 
this guy, he was taking it to the next level, you know? He was doing that viral marketing, that that guerrilla marketing where you work at Walmart one in the morning and you throw your comic into the, the person's bag as a freebie. He said, that's not on Walmart. That's on me, buddy. Something like that. So I go home and... I put my stuff away, the the cold stuff I put in the fridge. You get the idea. Then I pull out this comic this guy gave me. Black and white. Hand-drawn, Xerox or something, so he could print it in mass. And remember I said it, uh, the, the, he, he mentioned to the girl in front of me that it explored the idea of what if there was a god or something. It was one of those things. If you've ever, have you ever been to like a, a walked by a protest or a rally and somebody's handing you something gruesome, something gruesome, trying to f- stoke fear in your heart. That's what this was. It, it was, uh, a, I think it was like a handful of people. I, I know I still had this comic somewhere. I had to keep it. It was like, a, I think it was a handful of different stories. And they were all just seemingly regular people, you know, except they sinned in some way or another. And... They all go to hell. They all go to hell. And when the the girl said it was so graphic and gruesome, she wasn't kidding. Like skin is bubbling and falling off of their faces. And it, it just seems like a real nice way to introduce yourself to a girl. Hey, I made this terrifying comic. Maybe you'll like it. You want to go on a date sometime? We could talk about it. So I didn't, I didn't uh, find it a, a good icebreaker. And next time I came there, he didn't ask me about it. We didn't talk about it, and I didn't bring it up. You know, and I was kind of waiting for him, though. I, I, I didn't want to, like, be a dick, like, out, outwardly say, hey, because I, I already had a speech for this guy. I was going to say, this is, not, this is not a good way to get your message across. Because, first of all, he didn't, he didn't have enough heart. He had enough heart to throw that shit in the bag, but he didn't have enough heart to stand by his product and say, this is what I believe because it's out there in the comic. Out there in the comic, it says, yo, if you sin in any way possible, you are going to hell unless you repent completely and your skin won't fall off of you when you die. But when he's talking to the girl, he says, you know, I'm just thinking maybe like, what if there is a God kind of thing? Dude, you obviously believe in God. You believe in God. So stand by it. Stand by it. You're, you're a psychopath with the way you do it. But... You can't, you can't hand the chick this graphic, gruesome comic and then just be kind of piddle-paddling about it when, you, when you're talking to her again. Dude, you freaked her out. You freaked her out. You freak everybody out that you give that to. Jeez, so, uh, yeah, Devin, I like comics. <laughs> Jeez, I totally forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> Woo! Yilly. Hey, Yilly. Yilly asks, Forza? Or Gran Turismo. She's talking video games. Video games. Forza or Gran Turismo? Well, the answer to that question is clear. F-Zero. F-Zero is my jam. F-Zero is my jam. I've played Forza. I've played Gran Turismo. F-Zero is where it's at. F-Zero. I'm much more into arcade racing games than simulation racing games. I have found. I really wanted to get into uh, Gran Turismo back in the day, especially, uh, do you guys remember a, a console called the PlayStation 2? It came out after the PlayStation 1. There was a game called Gran Turismo, what were they on at the time? 3? Gran Turismo 3. 
and it was a hugely popular game. They sold it for years. Gran Turismo 3 was the Titanic of video games. It was just out forever. And I, I respect both franchises. I, I For a brief period of time, I owned an Xbox 360. I got it off Craigslist for like 150 bucks, and it came with all the guy's games. He had like 20 games. And one of them was Forza. I want to say they were on three at the time. Forza 3. And, I, I, you know, it was a beautiful game. It was competent. But the simulation racing games are boring to me. I want to be blasting through the streets at almost 200 miles per hour. I like Midnight Club. I like uh, Extreme G. You guys remember Extreme G? I like F-Zero. I like the uh, the older um, Need for Speeds. Even the on the PlayStation 3, Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit, and Most Wanted. But Hot Pursuit, well, that was my jam. F-Zero GX. My jam and jelly. I'm into the arcade racing games, especially the futuristic ones. So uh, F-Zero or uh, Forza or Gran Turismo, I choose F-Zero. But if I had to pick one, I kind of re- I, I, I respect Forza, but I kind of respect Gran Turismo more. And I think it's solely because of how long those games take to come out. Forza, they're pumping out a new one, I think, literally every other year. Or every year, technically. So they have Forza 5, and then they'll have Forza Horizon 4, and then Forza 6, and then Forza Horizon 5. Every other year, they... they And, you know, I, like, I probably like the Forza Horizon games more than the actual Forza games. Even though I haven't played a Horizon game, I know it's a lot like Burnout Paradise. So that's a long walk to lead a horse to water, but I finally am quenched. Ken asks, who is your favorite listener that is named Devin... Well, I thought about it, Ken, and I have to say that Devin is my favorite listener named Devin. That is a great, deep, complex question right on the level of crawl. It's the alligator Shakespeare of questions. I appreciate that. Ken asks, have I asked this question before? (sighs) Ken, listen to me, buddy. You have asked me this question six times now, and we're all starting to worry about you. We're all starting to worry about you. Devin asks, do you still know anyone from the Blue Devils? You guys might remember that, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, I mentioned that I used to be on a soccer team called the Blue Devils. And that was uh, an elementary school. And from what I can remember, I, I only still know one person from the Blue Devils, and his name is Devin. Uh, th- this whole thing is actually making me feel pretty, pretty old because I'm probably at least 10 years older than our coach was at the time I was playing on the Blue Devils. Damn, damn. I- I'm starting to have an existential crisis. I'm realizing I'm going to die one day. Jeez. Whew. Nothing not a blank writes. Hey, this is a question from a, a website. Do you have all the answers or just some? Well, nothing, not a blank. I have all of the answers some of the time. That's what I got. Yilly asks, what is your favorite website that isn't yours? Well, besides mine, upandloaded.com, which brings all my channels together like one great big happy family. And besides the newly created nothing, not a blank. I think I have to to look past, be, beyond websites that are mine and newly introduced websites. If I have to do that, I have to think. Mike here. Mike, just before the show started, Mike was telling me about a website that shows naked people. And that sounded kind of interesting. But if I really thought about it, it's probably something boring, like Wikipedia. No. 
great Wikipedia. But it's it's if you think about it, it's a huge, a vast amount of information, vast amount of knowledge for free. And one day, one day I'm going to get around to donating to them. I hope it's not too late by the time I decide to do it. By the time I am rich enough in listeners to do it, you know, if you don't want Wikipedia to go out of business, you should subscribe and tell your friends about Chris to Chris. That's the way I look at it. That, that, that logic follows, I think. But even though I really like Wikipedia, I am sure I'm going to disavow it one day when uh, someone sabotages my official wiki and says how awful I am for some reason, even though all I've ever given you guys is love. Ken asks, if you could invent one thing, how long would it take? That is a great question, Ken. See, a while back I talked about my, my idea, my invention idea, and I don't want you guys to steal it. Uh, my enchiladas, my frozen bite-sized enchiladas, spelled inch-a-ladas. So I'm still working on getting those to market, but I'm going to have to get back to you on those. I guess we could tentatively say that it would take me over 30 years at this point, but... Any second now, I got, I got you. I got you. I got, I'm going to have something worthwhile. Devin asks, oh, this is a good one. Devin asks, I heard that Disney is making a hyper-realistic video game to movie revival of Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. Is that true? Will it be interactive? Hmm. Great question, Devin. First, for those of you that don't know, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat was a side-scrolling platformer game that came out on the GameCube in 2005. And you controlled Donkey Kong with a special controller that was shaped exactly like plastic bongos. And it only worked, I think, in four games. Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, Donkey Konga, which I had, and then there's Donkey Konga 2, and a game called Odama, which was like a pinball game. So four games for a controller. You buy this new controller, it only works with four games. Anyway, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. It was a good game, and I had a lot of fun with it. And most people have never heard of it. And I know that most people have not heard of it because because of this question, I decided to look up sales of this game. And supposedly it sold around 1.3 million units on GameCube, and then they re-released it on the Wii in 2009 without the bongo controller and sold just a little bit more than half a million so we're talking about a little less than two million units sold total so about less we'll, we'll round up we'll say two million people own this game and that's assuming people didn't rebuy it on the Wii right but we'll say two million Chris to Chris is trying to get eight billion people listening to this show and I did the math I did the math and 2 million out of 8 billion is only 0.025%. So, with an established audience of 0.025% of the world, I think that it is absolutely true that Disney is making a hyper-realistic interactive movie based on Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. You know, Universal, Universal as of uh, or as in uh, Universal Studios, they are currently making a animated Mario movie and they're building Nintendo worlds in the Universal Studio theme parks all around the world Japan America and America too that's Florida but Disney 
just because Universal was doing all this with Nintendo, Disney was not about to let Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, the movie, slip through their fingers, you know? You, you can't let gold like that slip through your fingers just a mere decade from its last release. By the way, if you ever want to see Donkey Kong at his lowest point, look up the Donkey Kong Country TV show on YouTube. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It used to be on, I think, uh, Fox Kids. And that was, a, that was a bad time for Nintendo. I love me some Donkey Kong games. I really do. But that is one of the reasons Nintendo is so scared of letting people... For, for so many years, Nintendo's been scared of letting their IP out to be exploited. And Donkey Kong Country, the TV show, is why. Ken asks, does Mike spell his name with a G? Mike? Mike actually spells his name with two Gs, Ken, because he is illiterate. Yilly asks, where are the gills on a mermaid? Yilly, uh, the gills are behind the shell bra on the mermaid. When a, when a mermaid is choking, she just needs to take off her shells. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen in the uh, Halle Bailey version of The Little Mermaid. Actually, oh my gosh, did you guys know? I need to watch it or read it, I guess. Uh, but the actual story of The Little Mermaid is so much more graphic and violent than what we saw from the original Disney movie. Did you know that The Little Mermaid was an actual story before the Disney movie? Bet you didn't know that. Yeah, it, uh, apparently it's the kind of thing that would make you vomit in the aisles like you were watching an alligator movie. Thanks for the questions, guys. You guys uh, asked some really great questions, and I feel like we came up with some really great answers this week. Let's wrap this show up, huh, with some poll results? You know, uh, last week we asked on our Facebook page. By the way, you guys can always vote on our Facebook page at Up and Loaded, and you can like our Facebook page at Up and Loaded. We're on Twitter as well and Instagram, all at Up and Loaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. So last week we asked on our Facebook page, and you guys can share these polls too, you know, the more the merrier. We asked, what is the best part of July? 43% of you said that miserable temperatures were your favorite part of July. And who can blame you? Who can blame you? There's miserable temperatures for everybody in July. 57% of you said that Lion Royalty movies were the best part of July. We're going to see uh, The Lion King on Sunday. No spoilers. No spoilers. I, I'm sure it's a lot different than the movie I saw a million times growing up. So uh, this week's poll asks, what is the government hiding in Area 51? That should be fun. So you guys, uh, you can vote on our Facebook page, as I said. Don't forget to subscribe to this show. Tell other people about it. I don't know. I'm trying to trying to get the word out. Trying to get the word out. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer to that episode 50 mark. Once we get to episode 100, I think, I think this show's going to... We might, we might finally be at our first million at that point. I don't know. That might be slightly optimistic. Half a million? I think at half a million, we are chomping at the bit at Joe Rogan's ankles there. We're, we're going to say, listen, Joe, I, I, you know what? This is about the part of the show where I run out of things to say and I just can't stop talking. Uh, guys, you guys have been wonderful. I hope you have enjoyed your time here. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'm going to be at work on Saturday, so remember that. Remember that. Maybe go see Crawl and remember that when you're vomiting in the aisles. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Subscribe for more, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I love you guys for listening. I love you guys forever. You guys have been great. This has been episode 42 of Chris to Chris. Do me a favor and enjoy your weekend. 
or else.